I was just saying, I wish that this was discussed with me when I saw my midwife in the hospital. There's no effort to get me to reflect on what, how my first experience was and how it could be better the second time. It was just like, let's just get you through. Yeah. And I will say over and over again, I think it's the fault of the healthcare system. You midwife have to see 30 patients every 15 minutes and you have Mm -hmm. to chart in between. And so there's just not enough time to really process together. Yeah. All my appointments at the hospital were 15 minutes and I could feel how rushed my midwife was. I felt bad, but I didn't really ask her questions. And the one time I did ask her questions, it was about advice on, on circumcising my baby. And she couldn't really, she was like, I did it because boys are dirty. It was just her personal experience. And so it discouraged me from asking more questions. And then I remember after I started working with you, you said, okay, our first appointment will be an hour and a half. And I was like, oh, for what? And it was so nice. And I think you had asked me if I thought about circumcising my baby. And then you went over the data and just presented to me everything I should look into and consider before I made that decision. It was just such a different experience. I want to say too, before we get too much further in, Derek, thank you so much for being here. It is really important to me, if possible, that we pull out your story today. So often dad's stories get because it, because you're not the star of the show, right? And I really, though, I want so much, whatever is true to you, I'm not interested in you guys saying anything that isn't true, but whatever is true for you about the process of what was it like in your first birth? And Derek, what was that like for you? And then what was it like for her to come and say, I think I want a home birth. This series is not about convincing people to have a home birth. It's about helping families to say to themselves, like, how can we get a better birth? And for you as a dad, like, what was the process of, oh, she wants something different. Oh, I, do I have to look at this differently? And then actually getting something different. And how was that? Yeah. So as my perspective is pretty unique because not only I'm a dad, but I'm also a physician anesthesiologist who works at the hospital where we had our first birth. So when Jennifer presented the idea, oh, what do you think about a home birth? And I was like, okay. I presented it like this. <laughs> what do you think about home birth? <laughs> I'm not crazy. I promise. Hear me out. And I was like, yeah. And thinking for myself, I'm an open-minded person. And sure, I'm receptive. Let's tell me a little bit more. She told me a little bit about some of the research she's done and some of the things she found out. And I was like, let's check it out. I know Jennifer had looked at a few options and obviously you were one of them. And they're like, okay, we found this amazing midwife that was recommended by a friend. And so we went to the appointment and you gave me confidence after talking to you, asking a lot of questions that I felt a lot more reassured that we could do this. We kept on going with it. It's interesting. I remember that meeting with you and some of your responses. I was like, oh, I don't think Derek's going to like that. But then after we had our birth, I was like, that was so much better than the response we wanted. But it was so nice when we actually had our birth. You just gave us what we needed, which wasn't much. And it was just so nice for us to feel what we needed and to for Derek to be so involved. So maybe that's a good segue, Jennifer. Will you please walk us through your first birth? Give us descriptions. What was it like? And then Derek, chime in anywhere you want. And if we need to, after Jennifer tells her story, if you want, you can chime in. I just want people to hear like what it was like for you. With my first baby, I thought that I wanted to try to have a natural birth. 
I was very scared of the epidural. That was mostly the reason why. And I heard that once you get the epidural, you can't move. And that really scared me because walking helps calm me. And just the idea of being confined to bed while I'm in pain, that didn't sound very good. And also the idea of a big needle going into my back. I didn't like that. It's funny because I'm an anesthesiologist and I do this for a living. And there's no shame in getting epidural. It's actually fairly safe. And for patients who do need it, it does reduce the catecholamines and... (laughs) could make birth safer for certain people yeah it's just funny because i do this for a living no yeah and i know it's funny because a lot of my friends who did give birth before me they were like i wanted the epidural earlier but they wouldn't give it to me until a certain point and they were like did you have the epidural before you got into the hospital did you go into the hospital with the epidural already in you you're so lucky that your husband's an anesthesiologist and i was like no i didn't want the epidural and my friends are like what your wife didn't want epidural how could you let how could you let that happen how kind of what kind of husband are you but like that's all her yeah I didn't want it I had heard so many terrible stories about how painful and traumatic it was so I was like I really want to try but I'm not gonna be dead set on it if I'm in so much pain I'm gonna pass out but yeah I said I wanted to try that was what we discussed ahead of time and then three days before I actually gave birth it was like 2 a.m I woke up and I went to go pee and I like felt this gush of water and I was like I didn't let that much water out voluntarily (laughs) So I woke up Derek and I said, I think my water broke. And oh, and then I got, okay, I, I got to take a shower. I got to wear my best clothes. I'm going to the hospital where people see me. Like we didn't leave, <laughs> yeah, we didn't leave for like another hour and a half because Derek's getting water ready. Meanwhile, I'm in my pajamas thinking like the baby's going to come out any minute because my water broke. But he, I guess he knew that baby's not going to come out immediately as soon as your water breaks. I knew she didn't have any contractions. I was like, I like, prepare the overnight bag. Yeah. But it was nice that he was so calm because that helped keep me calm. But I was a little annoyed. So we go to the hospital. They checked me. They confirmed that my water was broken, but I was only like two centimeters dilated and I wanted to go home. But they told me I couldn't go home because they had already checked me. Yeah. Because once they checked me, then what, why couldn't I go home? I think it's because there might have been like a risk of choreo or I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what they had said. Yeah, but I couldn't go home. Okay, we get a room, we get settled, and I think mm-hmm. the baby's going to come, I don't know, in a few hours or something. A few hours passes, we have a meal there, then we have the next meal, and then the next <laughs> meal. And we're vegan, and so there's limited options. There's only one meal at the hospital we can eat. And so we had soy milk and tofu stir fry. It was okay the first two times, but after the fifth time, we're six <laughs> Yeah. So we end up being at the hospital for three days and we have this meal every meal for three days no. and ice water and just every hour that after the first day the first day I'm feeling okay by the second day I'm starting to feel anxious what's going on how come I'm not progressing I hear the women in my in the rooms next to me like birthing their baby and I feel like even sadder because it's not it hasn't happened for me yet and what, like why is it happening for everyone else not me yet and I started to put the pressure on myself like I hope it comes soon my midwife also told me that one, because we've checked you, there was a risk of infection, right? So the longer you wait, the higher that risk. So that was pressure too. And we hadn't told our family set that I was in the hospital because we didn't want anyone to worry because then I would start worrying. So then I was like, how long can we go without telling our families? We've asked my sister to come pick up our dog. So it was just a lot going through my mind about when is this going to happen? Why is it happening for other people? At what point? Is it going to, am I going to have to do some kind of intervention because it's not happening for me? 
Meanwhile, so, everybody in Ellen Lehman delivery knew us because we were walking around the halls every two hours saying hi to people. <laughs> like, oh, there goes Jennifer and Derek again making the rounds. Yeah, and I didn't want to stay in the room. I was getting restless. So I, I thought walking would help progress my labor. So we did that. But yeah, it was every, every after the first day, every hour, it got t- tougher and I was starting to feel worried. And did they all suggest Pitocin? They did, but I didn't want to do anything yet. I was managing fine, so I didn't want to try that yet. So Derek was trying to stay positive for me and I was just trying to stay calm, but it was hard not to worry under those circumstances. We couldn't sleep that well. And every eight hours, there was a new team there. I declined some kind of constant monitoring. Oh, the fetal heart monitoring. Oh yeah. I declined that because I didn't want to be strapped down to the bed. So every mm-hmm. 50 minutes, someone had to come in and strap me down and check me. So I was woken up every hour by some strange person touching my body. So needless to say, I was not comfortable. After a few hours, I got used to the team that was taking care of me. And then the eight hours be up and it'd be a new team, new faces. So I had to get comfortable with the new people again. I was trying to stay positive, but it was, I wasn't that comfortable at the hospital. And so by day three, they told me that after 72 hours, they Mm -hmm. really can't let me proceed without any intervention. And my midwife was telling me that if we wait what was she saying? Maybe we do something small. Now we can avoid doing something bigger. But she knew that I really wanted a natural birth. And I didn't want any kind of intervention. So she recommended, what was it? Yeah, misoprostol. Yeah, she recommended that. And she said it's like a drug for ulcers and it would just... Yeah, it's an NSAID, but it could also improve cervical ripening or... I, I, yeah. Yeah, because my cervix hadn't budged at all mm-hmm. during the 30 days I'd been there. <laughs> Did but, they check you on each of those days? They checked me at least once a day. And and I remember the nurse told me, we, we'll give you just half a pill. It's probably not going to do anything the first time. Some people take up one every hour, probably won't do anything. So I had my last meal at noon, tried to get excited. And I took that pill. And then like within half an hour, I had terrible contractions, like terrible pain. I felt like my someone was ripping my belly away from my body. It just became so, so verbally painful. And I was like, okay, I'm in active labor now. I can't get worse than this, but it got worse. And yeah, I remember just feeling so out of it. I just remember feeling really dizzy and the pain overtaking my body. And I couldn't really even stand or talk. And at one point I told Derek, I want to die. (laughs) And that really scared him. Yeah. That really scared me because as a physician, I've had a lot of negative experiences and the hospital where people do die and it gave me flashbacks of that yeah and i'm sure I'd like to see like your wife like mm-hmm. in pain too i was trying everything but nothing was working and i think around 4 p.m it was so unbearable i thought i was going to pass out i don't know how i would push a baby out so i said you know what? give me the epidural and i was like actually no give me all the drugs everything i don't care drug me up i was mad i was like give me all the drugs i was mad at everything, like myself, the situation, the nurses, <laughs> even though they were so nice, but I was just mad. And we were trying myself. everything. We were trying the sacred massage. We were trying different positions. Yeah, like yoga ball, Yo- a rock, I mean, rocking chair. Yeah, everything. They're, the midwives were trying to do their best that they could. Yeah. Jennifer, is it possible to say where you were feeling it? Every time a contraction hit, I felt like my belly was being ripped out of my body. I can't describe it. It was like another force and it was just so painful. It was like very violent. (laughs) And I also felt like very lightheaded and dizzy and like coming in and out. And every time it hit, I had to hold on to Derek because I couldn't stand anymore. So it had been three days and 
I think my midwife suggested that why don't, why don't you try to take a shower and maybe that will help you feel more alert. Just even if you can't stand, sit in a chair and turn on the water and get some steam. And I was like, yeah, good. I did my hair was like greasy. I just felt gross. I got in the shower. I turned on the shower and then I got in once I was in the shower, I felt more alert. Like someone like put a plug back in my body and I had life energy and like alertness. To wow. Me. wow. It was so weird. I just felt like all my senses come back to me and become more alert and the, I could feel the contractions come in. It, it was very uncomfortable, but it was manageable. Like I, I was standing, I w- wasn't collapsed over and they were so worried that I was going to fall over that they had Derek sit in the shower with me and he's talking to me and I'm like, stop talking. Let me just feel all of this right now. I'm trying to understand what's happening. Why I suddenly am becoming more alive in the shower. And so they told me the nurse came back, but I was like, no, I want to stay. They could only let me stay for 45 minutes because they have to check me every 50 minutes with the fetal monitor. So I had to come out and I don't know why, but they decided to check my cervix too. And I went from three centimeters to seven. And I don't know, the time I was in the shower, I came out, I was like all like alert and happy. And I was like, who are you? And she was like, do you still want the drugs? I said, I want another shower. (laughs) And as I was going in, my midwife yelled, if you feel the baby coming, don't push. Jennifer, do not have the baby in the shower. I'm having this baby in the shower. I'm I'm not going back out there. And I remember when I went back out to the hospital room, just like the machines and the bed and the sterile environment, I could feel my body like tense up. And just seeing that environment, I was like, no, I don't want to be here anymore. Back in the shower. And when I was in the shower, I just felt so cozy in there. Wait, wait. So how were the sensations while you were in the shower? Like your belly was being pulled out of your body or was it like very manageable? Yeah, it was manageable. It didn't feel like my my belly was being pulled. It was just like pressure. And then I felt it more my back. And they gave me a chair. And every time I had a contraction, I like bent over on the chair and just let the water pressure hit my back. And yeah, Derek was in there and I just told him to be quiet <laughs> so I could just be in my body and just experience everything instead of be in my mind and think and be worried about anything else that was going on. So I was in there for another 15 minutes and it was, yeah, it was manageable. It was uncomfortable, but so manageable. And I don't know, I was standing tall. I was enjoying my shower. I was breathing. I was just, I had like a plan. Okay. When the tra- contractions come, I turn and when they stop, I turn back and just get the water on my chest and my face. And then after 15 minutes, they made me come out. And I was like, dang it, I didn't have my baby yet. <laughs> the baby didn't come out yet. So I came out and they checked me. And my midwife said that I was like fully dilated and the baby was like crowning, right? Oh, wow. Just so crazy. I went from two centimeters for three days. And then one hour, 45 minutes in the shower, I went from three to seven. And then another 45 minutes, I went from seven to 10. I don't understand why that happened. So it was shocking to me how quickly I progressed. So I came back out and I was so happy that I'm going to have my natural birth. Derek's there. He's supporting me and he's comforting me. And I had a midwife and a nurse and they were trying to be as helpful as they can. And instinctively just climbed onto the bed and got on all fours. I had my face like into the pillow with my arms up. Like I, that position felt good. And they were like, no, you have to get on your back. And I was like, no, I feel safe this way. And they they agreed to let me get on my side. So I got my side and I was pushing. So at this point, I thought that the birth was going to be the worst part, but I don't know why I just felt so calm at this point. And 
I don't even remember the pain. I remember the contractions being painful. I just remember like feeling excited and just feeling so grateful. I just felt grateful for Derek. I remember I was telling my midwife, I love you. And, um, and they're like, hey, you get, but you have to get on your back. <laughs> <laughs> I got on my back and then they turned on this like big light. Yeah, the procedure lights that concentrate everything right there. <laughs> yeah. Once the lights came on, it was like exciting, but it was... I don't know, it was, you know, it was, it was just, I don't know. I just felt so happy in that moment. I don't remember it being painful. I just remember feeling really happy and really grateful. And so my baby was coming at you. Yeah. And I remember you were like so calm and just taking really deep breaths and just yeah. taking in and you're pretty much going with the flow of the contractions and pushing. Yeah. I was really calm and my midwife commented, so you're a silent sufferer. And then a baby nurse came in and my midwife turned to her and said, she's not on drugs. I'm not sure. Maybe to let her know that this is an exciting birth because it's oh, yeah, medicated probably. or maybe just because I was acting so weird. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Amelia's head was coming in and out and she finally came out and, and then our midwife put her on my chest and I was just so happy to hold her on my chest and just processing everything that just happened unfortunately we couldn't get a lot of footage of my whole birth but we got like some pictures and videos close up at the end so but that that was nice we I think for a hospital birth it was as as good as it could go I, the nurse and midwife were trying their best to help me but there were parts of it that made it harder like just not being comfortable not being able to eat my own food not being able to sleep in my own bed being woken up every hour different people checking every eight hours yeah after that I had to be moved to another room I had to be moved to postpartum and once I got there things weren't so good <laughs> the nurses weren't as gentle and caring and it was just like they just came in did whatever they needed to <laughs> and I couldn't really sleep we were there for about another two days and again, we had ice water, soy milk, and stir-fried tofu every meal. <laughs> so for five days, that's all we ate. My, and I think our family brought food from Sips, remember? Oh, yeah. One, yeah. Right after I gave birth, my sister Your brought sister, food yeah. for me. I was so happy to eat. But it was also Asian stir-fry. So it's <laughs> yeah. slightly different sauce flavor. <laughs> In postpartum, I didn't sleep that well. Derek didn't sleep that well. I felt bad for him, so I let him share my hospital bed. So it was both of us on there. And Amelia sleeping in this little plastic yeah. bassinet and I just stared at her all night I wanted to hold her but I was scared I was gonna roll over on her and how was that oh, man that's part of my stay for you it was uncomfortable yeah we were sharing the bed and the bed's at baseline is not very comfortable at all so yeah yeah I just wanted to go home but I guess I wasn't breastfeeding well or Amelia wasn't mm -hmm. growing well and then they wanted to give her formula and I felt like I saw even new nurses more frequently than in labor and delivery. So it was just so many new people and... Yeah, there's more new people. There's a pediatrician, the lactation people. Yeah, and they wanted to go over a lot of stuff in 24 hours. I know with you, we went over everything that I went over in 24 hours at the hospital. We went over like over two weeks, like the newborn screening, talking about birth control afterwards. It's all the things, right? It's baby's weight and it's yeah. growing and how's the breastfeeding and... There's so many things when you're having your first baby that need, that you need information on. So it's, it's too much to cram into a short period of time. Yeah. So it was crammed into 24 hours and I was like, not mentally all there to pay attention. So it, it was just a lot. We had a lot of <laughs> hospital staff visitors. And so I couldn't really rest and it just wasn't very comfortable. And 
I couldn't really sleep. Amelia, none of us could really sleep, but we were there for three days because she wasn't growing well and they wanted to keep her. And then we came home and we were happy to be home, but mm. also felt like we didn't mm. know how we were going to keep this baby alive. <laughs> so it was like every hour I was like feeding her and checking on her. And, yeah. And then after that, I had to take her to her first appointment with a pediatrician. And then two days after that, we had to go to a breastfeeding appointment. It was, it was nice that they made all these appointments for us, but it didn't feel good to have to be on my feet, walking to the car, walking through the hospital to go to our appointment. And it was also like flu season. So I, I remember taking Amelia to the hospital and we're sitting in this waiting room. Everyone's coughing. It was like full of sick people coughing. And I'm like, don't get my baby sick. I just like, put the swaddle on her, and, but checking to make sure she's still breathing. It, we had several appointments like within the first week that I came home and it didn't feel good to have to leave the house with while well, I'm still recovering and she's still so little. Yeah. I feel yeah, like but, it just feels like it takes so much energy to get, if I'm a new parent to get out of the house. Yeah. And um, Amelia was so little, she was five pounds and even putting her in the car seat, I was like, is she okay? Are we squishing her too much? She's just so fragile. And so I didn't like the idea of having to put her in the car seat much that first week. I don't know. I think I was just like an overly worried mother, but we, all the appointments didn't help um, that. First. And it's, it's supposed to be helpful, but it just, I didn't know that there was another option. <laughs> yeah. So that was our first experience. Derek, is there anything that you wanted to add? No, I, I think you covered everything that I could think of. What were you doing or thinking when I was in the shower? Oh, I just wanted to be supportive, but you wanted to be left alone. So I was just texting our family's little updates. Oh, Jennifer's doing fine. And, you know, just checking in to make sure you're okay. Did you uh, think it was weird that I wanted you to be quiet and left alone or? No, no, I didn't. Okay, good. <laughs> I was like worried that like I was hurting your feelings, but mm. I also just felt really compelled to take care of myself and just do whatever I needed to in that moment. It's so amazing. Just how I felt when I was about to give birth. So that was our yeah, that was our first birth experience. And we thought overall it was not bad, but we thought we had one of the better birth experiences in the hospital. So going into our second pregnancy, we were planning to do a hospital birth again. And our second pregnancy was during the pandemic. Things were really weird. We heard that my midwife told me at one point, half of the labor and delivery patients had COVID and they, they were changing their like restrictions on who could visit and you could only have one person. But mm -hmm. if you test positive, then your spouse couldn't even be there mm -hmm. and you have to give birth wearing a mask. And just like hearing all this, I didn't like it. She could tell I didn't like it. And halfway through my pregnancy, I don't even know how it came up. I don't know if she meant it as a joke, but she was like, look, you already had a natural birth. Why don't you just do a home birth to avoid getting COVID and at the hospital? So I was like, really? She was like, you already had a natural birth the first time. You can do it and it should be easier the second time. And with just with everything that's going on with the hospital right now, I didn't like that. I don't like no, not knowing what to expect when I go in. I started looking into it and I asked her, how do I even start looking into a home birth? And she had two patients that had a home birth that year. So she reached out to them and asked them how I can get started. She did all this for me and she recommended I join this Facebook page called Humber San Diego. So I joined and I read all the posts and everything looked really interesting. And I, I still felt overwhelmed. So I just posted, Hey, I'm looking to do a home birth. I had a hospital birth the first time and I want the best midwife. <laughs> I said, I need a midwife that will be approved by my anesthesiologist husband. So she needs to be very experienced, very skillful and really know her stuff. 
people recommended documentaries, books, just resources, and many people recommended midwives. And I wrote down the names of midwives that more than one person recommended. So I was like, oh, multiple people went with them. They must be good. And your name was, was one of the names that multiple people recommended. And I recognized your name because a good friend of mine who I really trust had, had you as her midwife eight years ago, eight, nine years ago. Hallie. Yeah, she, she does her research and she just is, has a really good judgment and good judge of character. So I, because she had gone with you, I was like, okay, I'm pretty sure this is going to be my midwife, but I'll call three because that's what everyone recommended. And I called you, we had a phone conversation and I just felt so good after talking to you on the phone that I was like, I'm going to meet her before I even call the other two midwives because she could be my midwife. And then we scheduled an appointment to meet. And we met with you in your, in your office and Derek came with a lot of questions <laughs> and I think I was just happy. I could just, I would feel comfortable with you and I would trust you, but Derek had all these questions. So I let him talk to you and he went through all the questions with you. And do you remember that meeting or anything you want to add about that meeting? Yeah, I remember the meeting. I think we didn't reveal that I was a physician. And then when I started asking the questions, I think, yes. Oh, are you in the medical field? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm an anesthesiologist. And then. Yeah, so the, I think I was just hearing all the answers that you provided for all the scenarios that I had. I have all sorts of scenarios. What if this? What if that? And your answers gave me a lot of reassurance. But there was one question that he asked. And I was like, ah, I don't think he liked her response. And the question was, how do you manage your patient's pain? And you were like, I get there and I just see what you guys need. And I might not do that much. <laughs> and so I think we thought that we're paying for midwife, we want you to like provide a lot of services and be very hands-on and stuff. So when you said that, I was like, I'm not sure, but I just have a good feeling about you. So we'll go with you. So after we met with you, we got in the car and we started talking and Derek was like, yeah, I think, I, I think she's good. I, I approve. <laughs> yeah. Initially it is hard because I am comfortable in the hospital and being in hospital gave me that comfort. But at the same time, number one, I knew that Jennifer could have a birth without an epidural. Number two, if I speed, I could get to the hospital in 15 minutes. That's a long time. And number three, one of my colleagues actually had an unintentional home birth. So I actually talked to him about it. And he's like, yeah, you should do it. I also want to mention that Derek kind of has a skewed ex experience too, because he only sees when things go wrong as an anesthesiologist. So I knew that's, that's his experience going into the meeting with you. And so you gave us like specific stories and examples, and that just really reassured us that you're going to be very cautious and you're not going to take any risks with our life just because you're dead set on me having a home birth. So that really reassured us. Not only is my perspective skewed, but... My first real hospital death that I've experienced during internship was actually an OB patient. I remember doing chest compressions and there's a team of doctors who just couldn't save her. And I remember looking at the, the dad, like crying. And I was like, oh, I, I just didn't want to be in that situation. I just wanted to do everything that I can to make sure my wife was safe. Yeah, but we talked about that, but you did have this bias and you just have to remember that a lot of people have natural birth safely. And we just try to stay positive. And we know that like I'm being, I've been monitored by hospital midwife and by you. Everyone's been making sure that I'm good to go. So we just felt like the situation was going to be fine. And yeah. And one thing too, with our insurance, we wouldn't have to pay anything to have a hospital birth. So we would have to pay cash for our home birth. And that was 
something that was not stopping us, but just something that we had to really get over. But then the more I thought about it, and I thought all the things I spend my money on, why shouldn't I spend this much money on my birth that will have such a big impact on my life, my child's life, my family, everything. I should definitely spend that money on my birth. Before you run out of juice on this conversation, I have got to hear about your birth story with Daniel. Yeah. And once we started working with you, I just felt different. You were just always so calm and I could tell that you were observing me or it made me feel more aware of my body and you were just so thorough. We were discussing everything that we had to discuss. So after that, I just felt so calm about my pregnancy and I was starting to look forward to my home birth. And when I started having contractions, it was like midnight. I was really calm about it. Just trying to walk it off. In the morning, they stopped and I called you, I gave you a heads up, told you what was happening. And you were like, okay, that's totally normal. And uh, you told me that I'll likely give birth that night. (laughs) And so you said, have a good dinner or something like that. But you were just very calm and I was very calm about it. So it was good. I spent the day, we went to the park, we made a really good vegetable soup. And then that night we pumped up the birthing tub and then 9.30 had that contraction. So I started having contractions and very manageable. I was just telling Derek and he was massaging my back a little bit. And then they started to come more frequently, but it was still manageable. And I got in the shower, I felt great. I just loved being in the shower and just knowing that how, how well it worked for me with it. I felt relaxed. I felt alive, but I, I couldn't be in the shower that long. So I'd get out, hang out with Derek, get back in the shower. And then around 1 a.m., it was like every minute. I only considered calling you because it was coming so frequently. And he said, if you're wondering if you should call her, you should just call her because she told you to call her. And it was so nice that you told me that. So I called you and you were like, okay, I'll be there. (laughs) We called my sister. She came up to stay with my daughter. And then you were here by 2 a.m. We decided to move the birthing tub into my shower. Because I wanted to take a shower. So I was taking a shower, relaxing, having a good time while the tub was filling up. And then and then I guess I got into the water at some point. The water was high enough that I decided to sit in there. You came in, you got there, and you started setting up. And then Derek was in the shower with me. To, and it felt good to have him so close to me. And you were just setting up and you saw that we were fine. Once you got there, I felt like so safe and I felt like I could give birth. I felt like my whole body relaxed and I felt completely safe with you. And you asked me how I was doing and you asked me if I wanted you to check me. And I said, yes. And you said that there was no more cervix. I was ready to go. (laughs) I just felt like I could do what I needed to do. So I got into this position where I had my face I was on my knees and facing down on the tub and Derek was behind me and I, the contractions would come and I just rode them out and you came rode my back a little bit, but otherwise I just felt like I got everything I needed. And then I felt my water break and I told you my water broke. And this time I could feel my, what was happening to my body more. I was more aware of what was happening. And I was like, I remember telling you his head's out. Yeah, I could see him coming out, peeking, and we're like, oh, he's coming out, but he wasn't coming out. So we're like, can you check him? Yeah. And then you notice that he had a nuchal cord wrapped around. And we're like, we gotta try to get that out. At that moment, I was like, uh-oh, I, what are we gonna do? <laughs> then... <laughs> Luckily, Katie had a great suggestion. You guys, whatever you and Derek communicated, and then I remember you put your hand on my back and you said, okay, Jennifer, turn around. I need you to stand up. We're going to move you to the bed. 
And I was like, okay. So I like got up and as I was standing up, uh, my baby shot out. <laughs> and like, I looked at Derek, I looked at you. I was like, what, what, what do we do? And, and then I like went down and picked him up. I looked at him. We were so happy. Derek and I just sat in the, we sat in the pool together. We were holding our baby, just taking in that moment, feeling so happy, so grateful. Everything was so smooth. And you grabbed our camera and you took pictures for us. So we have this really beautiful picture of him, like in the water with our hands around him. And then you just left me in the pool just to enjoy my new baby and Derek. So it was really nice that we got to be there as long as we wanted to. And then you came back and helped deliver the placenta. I, I just felt like you gave us how much, however much time we wanted to have in the tub. And you asked me if I wanted you to take the baby or Derek to take the baby. And then you would help me out or Derek would help me out. So I handed Daniel to you. And then I felt so good. I just stood up on my own. And I climbed out of the tub and walked out and you turned around. And you're like, what? And um, I had took a few steps, got into my own bed and it, you just let me rest there with my baby. And it felt like a really good amount of time that I got to be with him. You came in a little bit to check in on me, but otherwise you just let me have my time with him. And, and then five hours later <laughs> you came and and you checked him and did all of the things that you do for a newborn baby. And you checked me and I just felt so happy and so good. And you were so gentle and caring. It was perfect. You stayed with us for a long time and made sure that um, we had everything we needed, that whatever concerns we had were addressed. And then you came back the next day and checked in on me and checked Daniel. And it was nice that you were able to take care of both of us. That my recovery made such a big difference in my long-term recovery, being able to be home, have you come, be able to eat my own food, be able to just stay in my bed made such a big difference for me and for Daniel too. And it was good for Amelia too, because if we went to the hospital, oh, we, yeah. what we would have done with her. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she hasn't gone more than a day without me. So if I was at the hospital for, I don't know, several days, I would be very worried about how she's. So it was nice to know that she was just in the other room after we had baby, she came in, she got to meet him right away. She got to get in bed with him. Yeah. I remember I walked over to the other bedroom and I said, Amelia, your baby brother Daniel's born. You want to come meet him? She goes, yeah. She was excited. She was so happy to see him. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice to be able to include her right away. Mm -hmm. My sister was there and my sister was so happy that she could be there. And then my parents came later that morning and then Derek's family came the next day. So it was so nice to be comfortable in my own home, to be taken care of by you and then to have family be able to come visit us. So yeah, it was just it was so nice and made such a big difference. And we talked to everyone we knew about it. They were just waiting for that story. We only had great things to share with our friends and family. And they were like, that's amazing. You had such an amazing experience. And I was like, I'm, I, and I don't think I'm exceptional. That's so wonderful. I think, so one of the things that I believe is it's way easier to get that kind of birth your second time. It's just harder to get that level of like, I, of comfort and ease and everything the first time, but second time, babe, if the environment is right, then I think the chances of you getting something that you're like, wow, that was really cool. Yeah. I think that the chances are much higher. But I do think it made such a big difference to be in my own home. Just knowing that I could be in my home, my midwife's going to come. I think that made such a big difference in my ability to relax and just trust that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. And I really like to the image of Amelia coming in. She comes in and meets baby brother. Like it feels like that's magical. Absolutely. And I also forgot to mention, we had like a home visit before I gave birth. So you went through everything with me. And I do think that having that visual ahead of time, like a run through of how your birth is going to look, I think that does really help 
Yeah. And it's nice. It may, it gives us all a chance to gel too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was our home visit. I particularly remember it was really nice. I remember that you included Amelia. You guys checked my stomach and that was so fun for her to be involved and to feel connected to baby that way. Like it was so cool for her to see everything that you did. And I'm sure she'll remember being so involved during this time. That like it, it's such a like rare experience to get to have a baby. That might be her one and only experience of us as a family having a baby. It's monumental for her. It's really, it's really striking. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is all special and exciting for her. Yeah, I just love that. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And just to be able to, for her to see where her baby brother came from and how he came into this world. Yeah. She was happy all during this process and we're happy that she's happy better than we could have asked for it's great. How are they doing now? Oh, they're doing well. Yeah, Daniel's getting bigger and they have their moments where he smacks her across the face. He loves to like play with her, but he doesn't control his hands very well. But they're both doing well. That's amazing. Yeah. So she told me we're going to have another baby when she's six years old. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. She draws these pictures and it's like her, Daniel, and then like a, a little girl. And she's like, that's my sister. That's the third baby. <laughs> But either way, I'm just glad that she wants another baby. She, okay. that experience has been really good for her to have a baby brother that she wants another one. And I, I've told her, we have another baby that's less time with mommy for you. She's like, yeah, I'll help. Yeah. I remember after I gave birth, I just felt like by that point, you knew me so intimately. And I was like, I just met you five weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's because you let me in, Jennifer. You just have this grace and this willingness to like, let yourself be seen. Yeah. And I wouldn't feel that open if I didn't feel from you that I could trust you. I think I was just also so grateful because it, it flipped. I went from being so scared. I'm going to need yeah. a section. So then when I, they were like, your baby's crowding. I'm like, I can have the birth that I wanted. I'm so grateful for, for this. And I just felt like so calm, so ready. Just whatever my body wanted to do, I was noticing it. Yeah, I love that about your story. I love how you were more clear at that moment than any other time in your life that you're like, no, I want this the way I want it. But it was something about giving birth just like makes, made me want to just do what I needed to do and know what I needed to do and not worry about anyone else. Another cool thing with me giving birth at home and then being on my hands and knees is when Daniel came out, Derek got to see his face and he said, he'll never forget being able to see. Yeah. He still remembers it very well, mm-hmm. but he's, I still remember his face so well and mm-hmm. seeing him come out with his swollen lips yeah <laughs> yeah and then afterwards he was like a little gray to me and I remember he had like bloodshot eyes and I was like mm, is this from the fall <laughs> <laughs> but after the day he turned normal but I remember admiring my newborn baby in bed and I was like mm. <laughs> 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 you look like you sure this is so cool to also relive it because oh, it's gonna turn one soon so just to relive this whole experience that we experienced a year ago we have to go through the pictures too yeah and if there's any that you feel like sharing with the world I would put them like in as part of the maybe as part of the video or maybe as part of actually let's talk about that but as part of the promotion for this podcast but it's totally up to you so that's actually a really important question do you guys want is it okay if I release this video or do you only want the podcast version to be released. I'm okay with whatever you want. I just want you to reach as many people as possible. Yes, thank you. Really, whatever I can, just really, yes. whatever I can do, Katie, to get you to reach as many people as possible. Yes. 
A hundred percent. I am so, I'm going to stop recording or I don't know, maybe I should keep recording. Like I am on fire with this new idea because I'm like, they're like 90% of Americans are having pretty shitty first births. And I think that more often than for, I think more than for first births, people who have had hard first births go looking for what can we do differently next time? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. I don't have enough evidence for my theory yet. But I feel like if I put a podcast out there, cause there isn't one right now, nobody's addressing having your second baby and having it be a better experience. So I feel like if I put this out there, the chances of it creating much better experiences for people is very high. 